When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey everyone, welcome to the audio choke here at MMATorch.com because that's the website you clicked on. Ha <laughs> ha! Like every week. I'm Greg Rowan. I'm Tobin Shelby. And I'm Matt Collins. Suckers! Why, why are they suckers? Because they're double suckers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they're suckers because they're suckers. You present a fair and reasonable argument. Thank you very much. That's what I bring to the table here at the audio choke. Was that it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let's talk about bites now. Hey, so uh, we got we a lot to talk about on the podcast because there's UFC 121 coming up this weekend. We well, recap, we'll get to that later. Recap for UFC 120, and then uh, I'm, I'm going to complain about Twitter and ESPN. All right, we're going to get to that. So first off, let's talk about me. So first off, for breakfast, I had a wonderful bowl of... All right, anyway. Of what? Shenanigans. going to leave me hanging. <laughs> I didn't have a breakfast this So, Matt, morning. tell us about your thoughts on uh, UFC 120 that you watched. I did not watch it. <laughs> you didn't watch it? We uh-uh. recorded it. I know, I know. I recorded it upstairs, too. We recorded it on two TVs, and you didn't watch either of them? No, I didn't. Well, you at least watched one fight, didn't you? I didn't see the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember which fight it was? I think it was the first fight, maybe the second. It was early on in the show. I watched it. I know what's up. Yeah, so I just wanted to do some stalling and get some airtime on this episode before, like many others, I just sit quietly. <laughs> Into obscurity. You know, uh, what would help uh, to get some voice time on the show is, is to watch the MMA event we're talking about, and then you could... I never... That never occurred to me, Tobin. That never occurred to me. I For a second there, I thought I was on a 30 Rock podcast <laughs> where we talk about episodes of 30 Rock that we've seen. Did you see the live so- show last week? I did not because I don't what? watch things live. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't watch the uh, ultimate or the yeah. UFC live either, which we will get into here yes. in just a little while. Yes, and if Netflix streamed UFC, I would probably have a better chance of watching it. Is Cloverfield streaming on Netflix? <laughs> Could it be? <laughs> <laughs> but I just like having the Blu-ray disc lying around in yeah. my room. So uh, let's talk about British fighters and the one who won. Uh, yeah, yeah one of them won. Yeah, Michael Bisping. Because if nothing else, MMA is all about uh, jingoism, right? What? Now I have to look up jingoism to make sure I use it properly. Jingo what? <laughs> Jingo who? Na- national stuff. Oh, let's just call it xenophobia. Right, right, right. Fear of the outside world. I totally yeah. use jingoism right. Extreme patriotism in the form of aggressive foreign policy. Okay, so maybe not the foreign policy bit. But hey, uh, you know what? Uh, I can dig the foreign policy part because uh, we knocked out the British guy. So, go USA. F yeah, America. Mm-hmm. Right. 
No, but like, yeah, in general, like the reason you cheer, cheer or boo someone is, you know, it, it might be the what flag they walk out under, you know? Yeah, well, flags are important. Right. I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't really care for sports. I just want to see a good match. Okay, well, I mean... I mean, yeah, suck it, Britain. Yeah. This is better than the Revolutionary War. Yeah. UFC 120. That's what was. they get, trying to tax us. But yeah. part of the experience is, like, you know, being the mob mentality, and so it's fun to, like, look to your left, look to your right, and see your fellow countrymen and root for the same thing. It doesn't happen that all that often. Yeah, unless you're Robert Downey Jr., in which case <laughs> you can uh, fly into enemy territory and uh, still root for your team. And look like a douchebag doing it. <laughs> yeah, if you guys know what we're talking about, uh, just Google uh, Robert Downey Jr. and UFC 120, and that should probably take care of it. Right? Yeah, There's just some great shots of him cheering at Dan Hardy falling asleep when he's yeah. surrounded by probably 20,000 Brits who are uh, crying at that point. Robert Downey Jr. was very excited to yeah. Carlos <laughs> So uh, let's talk about the main event, though. Uh, Michael Bisping uh, beating Yoshihiro Akiyama. Yeah, uh, unanimous decision. Pretty, uh, pretty emphatic. Especially late in the fight. I mean, early on it was uh, Akiyama landed a couple big shots that I think they may have oversold how hurt Bisping was. He didn't look to me like he was about to go out. I think he almost died. Yeah, whatever. He looked okay. I mean, he got hit. He got hit pretty good, but he wasn't like it's all about to end kind of hit. Right. Um, it was also a Carlos Condit left hook hit. No, or even a Dan Henderson right hit. Yeah. It, it was nothing like that. He was just hit with a couple good shots. Um, did he win all three rounds? Uh, you know, the first round was pretty close. The second round uh, was fairly close. The third round, he, he whooped Akiyama's ass. Uh, there's no reason why Akiyama would have won the fight, but I think it was uh, a little closer early on. But, yeah, I mean, Bisping certainly pulled ahead in the end of the fight as Akiyama... Ran out of gas. Yeah, something that uh, he's going to have to... I mean, we saw that in the uh, the Chris Lieben fight as well. Yeah. The gas tank. Which, and, he, and even the uh, Alan Belcher fight that he won, uh, he, he seems to you know have have issues with the, the, the cardio. And it's interesting because he went to Greg Jackson's, I thought, specifically because of his cardio issues in his last fight. And I would think that, you know, Greg Jackson would be the kind of guy who would be able to fix that. But, uh, um, yeah, maybe eventually. It's definitely a a work in progress. Progress, I would imagine. Yeah, well, I mean, he didn't look much better than he did uh, yeah. late in his last fight, and you know, it's been a few months. So, I would have thought that he would have uh, improved that somewhat, but apparently not. Um, gassed out, didn't get knocked out, didn't get put away, but um, you know, he's tough, and Michael Bisping. Uh, doesn't tend to finish higher level opponents like you know when he was fighting a lot of scrubs early on he was uh he was putting them away usually but uh he hasn't really done a whole lot of that in recent memory hmm. uh so i mean i wasn't really expecting him to finish the fight necessarily but certainly dominated towards the end of the fight um what do you think about that tobin um i will say this akiyama sure can take a Kick to the crotch. <laughs> yeah, but maybe only one of them because yeah, we're not sure. Rough. The ref, yeah. uh, uh, he claimed he got kicked in the nuts the first time, and we never really got to see the replay of it. But the ref was like, "Hey, you're okay. You didn't get kicked in the Walk balls at all. Walk it off." So that makes me wonder um, if he did or did not, because usually Joe Rogan's all over that. But uh, 
Yeah, it didn't really have much to say about that one. Yeah, no, but overall, I mean, I thought it was a good fight. Uh, I mean, Akiyama clearly, uh, you know, even though he's got a losing record in the UFC, I think he's a solid guy to have around a, a good a good test for people they want to oh, definitely you know, give that give that shot to or that uh, you know t- for people to take that next step up in in the in the middleweight division, and he he certainly comes to uh, comes to bang uh, for sure. And yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoy, I really enjoyed the fight, and uh, again, a, a solid a solid win for Bisping. Uh, anyway, he was coming off the loss to Vanderlei Silva. No, he uh, he beat Dan Miller since then. Oh, that's right, that's right. So um, you know, Bisping maybe putting his name back, it, to- building back towards that potential title shot. Yeah, they've been kind of talking about that. I still think he's a little ways away. Yeah. Um, but it really depends on how the division shakes out in the near future. Um. I mean, if Anderson Silva still holds the belt after his next title defense, and Bisping gets an impressive win between now and then, maybe just because of the fact that he hasn't fought him yet, yep. um, that would that would be a possibility. Especially if Morkart is to win the Okami fight and becomes the number one contender again. Dana White may pull the same move he did on John Fitch a little bit ago, be like, oh yeah, that was a number one contender fight, but I'm going to give this guy the the fight anyway. Just kidding. Yeah. I didn't say when you'd get your title <laughs> shot. And then he turns into Vince McMahon and it goes crazy. I hate Stone Cold! <laughs> <laughs> You'll get your title, title shot in 2012. <laughs> or whatever, yeah. Um, no, but, I mean... Again, I think Bisping, you know, he he didn't put away Akiyama, which uh, again, like I got to stop reading MMA message boards and stuff like that, because like even when you win, you can't you can't win in the eyes of some fans, you know. They're like, oh yeah, Bisping won, but he he couldn't knock him out. What a what a loser! I'm like, yeah, um, but he still he still kind of kicked Akiyama's ass. Yeah, so. he he did whoop his ass. I'll and, give him that. And, and Bisping, not everyone has knockout power, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know. And, well, Bisping does have knockout power. I mean, he's knocked out plenty of guys. Yeah. Maybe Akiyama just can take a punch. I really think that's the case because I mean I've seen Bisping fight more defensively in some of his fights. Yeah. Uh, like when he fought Chris Lieben, for example, he even admitted to the fight like I was not looking to put Chris Lieben away. Yeah, he, he was looking for a yeah. I really um. Did. So like sometimes I fault him, but in this case, even though I may have sounded like I was kind of faulting him earlier, uh, you know, he definitely showed that Akiyama's got a pretty good chin because Bisping was coming forward with yeah. the attack. He was. He was pouring it on late in the fight, so he was at least trying. Um, but, you know, that doesn't always work out either. Uh, a lot of people are often like, oh, decisions, I hate decisions, they're so boring. Um, and many times that is the case. But decision does not necessarily mean it's boring. A lot of the best fights are uh, decisions just because the two guys are evenly matched to a point. Or, uh, you know, maybe their chins are just stronger than their punches. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's all kinds of reasons why a fight doesn't necessarily finish. It's not always just the, you know, wrestler laying on top of a guy. And right. sometimes in these cases, uh, waiting for the decision in a really close fight can actually add to the drama of the fight. Yeah. Like the Forrest griffin Stephen Bonner fight, where it's just like, man, these two dudes have been just slugging it out for 15 minutes. It's like, I don't know who won. Right. Um. That wasn't necessarily the case here. I mean, we were pretty sure that Bisping was going to win. Right, but even then, it still wasn't boring, you know, because he was, uh, you mentioned him, you know, pouring it on, putting it on Akiyama. Yeah, I mean, he was throwing uh, just a high-volume amount of strikes. Yeah. And, you know, even, so, you know, even though it was a, a dominant fight, you know, it wasn't it wasn't boring. So, I mean, yeah, no, I, I came away really impressed with Bisping. Again, I'm like, I don't know if it, it shows any huge new strategy that he, he's picked up, but it just kind of shows that, you know, he's kind of still tweaking and, and, and perfecting what, what he 
already can do, I guess. You know, the I think Bisping is always going to be the same fighter. Yeah. He's just going to be better at what he does. Right, but we're not going to see him like pick up a, like a sick jiu-jitsu game anytime soon. Or yeah, I mean, his whole thing on the ground has always been to get back up. Yeah, um, that's just the kind of fighter he is. You don't really see stand-up fighters like I'm looking to take this guy down and submit him yeah. for the fans. A whole lot. Uh, usually it goes the other way around, where the grappler is like trying to be more exciting, so he, he learns the stand-up game. Um, but and then I mean, he gets punched out by Nate Marquardt in like 20 seconds. Yeah, or you know, I mean, there, there's a lot of examples of that. <laughs> um, but I mean, with Bisping, he's already got the the fan-friendly sprawling brawl style. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wouldn't expect him to ever, you know, get a whole lot of submissions under his belt uh, down the line, even even if he may improve his game. But then again, you know, look at George St. Pierre. He is a striker-turned-wrestler over yeah. the course of his career. Yeah. Yeah, so we never know. But, yeah, I mean, again, I think Michael Bisping's good. I don't know if he'll ever be, you know, great. If he'll ever, uh, I, I think one day we will see Michael Bisping fight for a title. I don't know if we'll see him win one. I think, yeah, I think I'll, and I think part of that has to do with the UFC's kind of penchant to be like, oh, we need popular British fighters. Yeah, um, until Bisping is surpassed by another um, UFC Brit, yeah. he's always going to be like super hyped up by every uh, you know the years. I mean, he's been probably the most hyped Ultimate Fighter ever. Um, I have heard his name more than I've heard of guys like Forrest Griffin and Rashad Evans who have won titles. Yeah. Um, just by virtue of him being the British guy. You know, he's the guy who headlines all kinds of cards in England. And I understand that he's extremely popular, and the UFC would love to get a title around his waist. But he's still got to win the fights. Yeah. And while he's good, on the cusp of being great, I don't think he's ever going to quite be the best. Mm-hmm. So I could see him getting a title shot if he just racks up enough wins. But, I mean, could you imagine a fight between Anderson Silva and Michael Bisping? Like, th- there's not a lot of fights where I say, like, this guy has no chance. <laughs> but I don't see any way that Bisping would win that fight. Um, and, I mean, Anderson Silva is not going to hold the title forever, but right. anyone who beats him, I would also expect to beat Bisping. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Speaking of uh, British MMA, uh, we'll see. We had a few of them on this Yeah, car. torchbearers, I guess. I was going to be people. The UFC kind of looking to, you know, kind of carry the uh, you know, the UFC brand in Britain and, you know, bring in the crowds and the money. Uh, Dan Hardy getting uh, KO'd, end of. Uh, KTFO'd, yeah, as a matter uh, of fact. And, and uh, about 30 seconds into the, or left in the first round by Carlos Condit, who. Uh, Man, for a split second, I was hoping we were going to see a double knockout. Ooh, those are fun. All the uh, way across the sky. Oh, goodness. But, yeah, um, Carlos Condit, you know, held his own, obviously standing up, you know, early on in that round with Dan Hardy and showed, you know, he wasn't afraid to stand up with Dan Hardy. Absolutely and, not. And, uh, you know, at the end just threw a wicked, wicked left hook. And, man, watching the replay, that was so awesome because they're both – they basically both threw the same combo. Yeah. At the same, and, like, Carlos Condit just landed his a split second faster, and he had a little more, like, he, he, like he, he threw his body into that punch. Yeah, well, they both were throwing some power in it. Um, it actually looked like they were due to land at the same time, but Hardy's was off yeah, by a couple yeah. inches. Like, he he caught an air ball while, uh, 
Wakanda caught it right where it belonged. Yeah, and uh, man, that was that was a like uh, I, I like Dan Hardy, but that was a, that was a. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Wicked, wicked knockout. Yeah, that's a great highlight reel. Yeah, for him. that's going to do. I mean, Carlos Condit was putting together a string of some solid wins, and that's going to help him out. And I think he's already kind of like, hey, I'd like to fight, you know, see who, who comes out of that, uh, what, Jake Shields, Martin Campman fight, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe calling out someone there. Um, yeah, but I mean, Carlos Condit, I mean, we, we've. You know, I think we're all pretty. We like Carlos Condit. He's got a he's got a pretty fan friendly style as well. Yeah. Sometimes to his detriment, but uh, you know, it was the uh, he lost to Martin Campman and it was uh, Jake Ellenberger he was fighting that had some rough spots against. We had uh, some a lot of rough spots against Rory McDonald. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, he got that uh, you know, save not saved by the bell, but that uh, you know, like eleventh uh, hour stoppage on. Uh, Roy McDonald, because I, th- I think he was pretty clearly losing that fight before getting a stoppage in the third round. Well, there would have been a case for turning that fight into a draw. Mm. Because, I mean, he clearly lost the first two rounds, but yeah, that third round yeah. could have very easily turned into a 10-8 round. Yeah. Had, so, had gone the distance, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he stopped him with about 10 seconds left. And he got a split decision over Jake Ellenberger. So he's coming out of a three, you know, the Dan Hardy was win was his third win in a row. Um, and, yeah, you know, he he's definitely, you know, got – Got an argument to be considered, you know, in another couple of fights, maybe a potential uh, title candidate and former WEC uh, title holder. So, well, one thing that we've kind of criticized him for, and I don't think that this fight actually really ends that criticism, is that he fights to the level of his opponent. Right. Like, you know, he fought Martin Catman to a very even fight, and Martin Catman was a high level guy. Uh, he lost the decision, but it was really close. Yeah, split decision. Yeah. And then uh, he had a split decision against Ellenberger, and it's like. Yep. Whoa, really? Yeah. You just had a split decision as Campman. And uh, you won that one, but just, you know, barely, again. And then, uh, you know, he had that last fight, which he almost lost and won at the very end. Um, so it seems like, you know, he, he kind of fights to the level of his opponent. Dan Hardy is the kind of guy who's going to swing until you fall down. Yep. And um, that's what he did. He came out on the, the winning side, but, you know, Dan Hardy is not really... Um, the kind of fighter who leads to a decision uh, as a general rule, which is kind of strange. Cause in his UFC career, he's actually had mostly decisions, win or loss. Um, but, you know, for the most part, you know, he's the guy who stands and bangs and hits hard. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's what Condit did right back at him. And it worked in Condit's favor. You know, he got the first-round knockout. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see where he goes from here. Condit has said that he is down to fight GSP, even though they're on the same team. Right, they both have the Jackson uh, attachment, which is which is great. Um, you know, like uh, 
not to get too much into the fight, fight politics. I mean, like, I understand teammates, like, don't want to fight each other, but especially for a belt, like, uh, you know, it, it's good to see. Because we have, like, the what, the AKA guys, um, then, yeah. you know, Koscheck and Fitch and, and, and Swick. And Swick, and they're like, no, we'd never fight each other. And, you know, I mean, so far they haven't not been a problem because none of them are holding the title, but, I mean, if one of them such, does, yeah. such a logjam in that division. So it is it is kind of refreshing to have a guy who's like, yeah, no, if it was for the title, I'd totally fight my teammates. So. Well, and then there's been historical uh, situations like this, too, like with uh, Rashad Evans and Keith Jardine, and now Rashad Evans and the possibility of John Jones mm. uh, as teammates. And then the, the shoot box debacle in Pride back in the day where uh, Vanderlei Silva was the number one, or Vanderlei Silva was the champion, while Shogun was the number one uh, ranked guy in the world because he won the tournament. It's like... You know, but they can't fight each other because they're buddies. Right. So, uh, you know, I mean, th- this has happened in the past, and it's cool to hear a guy be like, yeah, I'll fight my teammate. He's holding yep. the belt. I want that thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, big things coming up for Carlos Condit after this, I would imagine, because, you know, he kind of – I mean, because he lost his debut in the UFC after coming up from the U- uh, WC, right? That was the Kentman fight, I believe. Yeah, he did lose his debut. But, so, I mean, you know, like a, a little bit of the hype – you know, he, so he had, kind of had had to rebuild since then, but he, he's put together some solid wins. Got the got the highlight reel put together now with the the vicious stoppage over uh, Roy McDonald. Now the the KO that is going to be in every highlight package of his from now till yeah. hereafter. That was a real tough debut, though. I mean, yeah. Catman's a solid guy. I mean, Catman's done nothing but look good since then. Speaking of Catman, um, I, I guess most people are, and Jake Shields rightfully the favorite. We'll get into the preview more often, but uh. Uh, even though losing, uh, I I want to see Dan Hardy and Martin Campman fight, like yeah, badly. yeah, that'd be cool. So like under the assumption that Jake Shields beats Martin Campman, uh, I I want to see Dan Hardy and Martin Campman uh punch each other in the face until one of them falls over. Excellent, but we'll get back to that. We, in a we bit. will get back to that. But uh, any other thoughts on that? I mean, like I thought it was a pretty pretty obviously until the knockout. I thought it was a pretty well matched uh, round. You know, they're both both kind of showing the the back and forth, throwing leg kicks, throwing some combos on each other. But no, I, th- I thought it was a, you know, I, I again like I predicted, I, th- I figured Dan Hardy might take a decision on this because I know both guys are kind of notoriously hard to finish. Um, but I mean, I think even still in one round, we got a, a pretty fun fight with a ridiculous finish. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, and um, you know, I was really worried that maybe Carlos Condit had knocked the uh, the uh, punk slash sassy British uh, personality out of Dan Hardy with his left hand. But fortunately, uh, Carlos Condit got knockout of the night. Dan Hardy had the line of the night. And I don't know if he caught it, but Joe Rogan interviewed Carlos Condit, then came to Dan Hardy. He's like, Dan, can you analyze what went wrong in that fight? I got punched in the face. Yeah. That's, that's like, my terrible British accent, by yeah. the way. But, no, that, that's great. Because, like, so many fighters, when they take a bad loss, I mean, like, Forrest Griffin, like, literally ran out of the ring after... Crying. Yeah, like, Let's after, not get, forget after, the crying. Getting, after getting his... <laughs> it, it Celebrated to author yeah. Forrest Griffin! <laughs> but, like, but, like, just uh, ran out of the ring after losing to Anderson Silva. And, like, Dan Hardy just shows, like, you got to own a loss. Like, if you're going to, like, you know... If you're con- conscious and can still string words together, like, self-effacing, like, handle loss, and like that's, uh, I think I think he did a good job with, uh, you know, being humble and giving Carlos Condit his due. And uh, yeah, you know. that wasn't even Forrest Griffin's first time running from the ring crying. He also did that against Keith Jardine. Really? Okay. But he got interviewed first on that okay. one. He was, you know, already in tears. I don't know why they even put a mic in front of his face because right. he was sitting in the corner crying. And then Joe Rogan's like, Forrest, what happened? 
And Fred's like, I was doing everything I had to do in there. Slinging the leg kicks, and I just got knocked the fuck out <laughs> and ran away. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, you gotta again. You, you know, you gotta own those losses. I think Dan Hardy did a good job of uh, damage control on that because you know some guys are knocked out and you don't hear from them. You're like, well, what what happened? And, yeah. Uh, so uh, I think it was uh, a very very humble defeat. So, but yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see what's up next for Carlos Condit, and uh, I, I don't think he'd win a title shot against well George St Pierre. Uh, you know, no, it, I wouldn't expect that to happen. It, it would be it would be a uh, Probably, I think he's another potentially interesting title contender. And again, you know, the uh, welterweight division needs needs a few of those. They do. Yeah. So um, another another Brit on the show, and also uh, oh, yeah. do we call them Englishmen or Brit Brits? What do you prefer? Uh, you know, I don't really care. Right. Um, I re- I prefer red coats. Okay. Yeah, limeys also work. A little that's a little jingoistic, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> red coats, come on, it's cute. It's well, fun. the sport is jingoistic, so yeah, yeah, yeah. screw it. All right, but uh, Mike Pyle, uh, unanimous decision over John Hathaway. Yeah, didn't see that coming. Yeah, no, we were all kind of pleasantly. I don't know, pleasantly surprised. But I, mean, I was t- pleasantly surprised. Cause I'm an American, damn yeah. it. Yeah, USA, USA. Oh come on, catch gonna, America fever. Tell I'm not going to argue with you guys. Yeah, what? I I like the Constitution. I don't really care about sports. Sorry. Anyways, uh, you're caring about sports right now. <laughs> yeah, but not from a nationalistic uh, like sense. Okay. Got you. Not an us versus them type right, of mentality. Right. I just wanna. Okay. I guess we're a different country. I automatically don't like him. Right, well, right. we can like him, just not as much as our right. guy. And he right. does watch the World Cup. Ugh. Mm. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> also, I had the World Cup results spoiled for me when they were on because ESPN aired them in real time. Ooh. Yeah. Anyways. Well, you so, know that octopus was spoiling them for everyone anyway. <laughs> Damn octopus. octopus. They were so smart. They should get them. Uh, I think they ate them, but they should get them for like the UFC. <laughs> <laughs> they ate the smartest octopus ever. Yeah. Now, get, now you gain its power. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, uh, I mean, I think we were all, yeah, I, I guess pleasantly surprised from the standpoint that like Mike Pyle's kind of like. An American? Not shown that much. Oh, yeah, we were pleasantly surprised ring. by that, too. Right, you know, because he, he's, hasn't been like amazing in the UFC, you know. No, he's been, you know, okay. Right. And then he beat the stellar Brit, so that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, Hathaway was one of those guys, who, one of the one of the few exceptions to the whole, like, oh, British guys are, are good standing up but don't have any uh, garbage wrestlers. And he, he had, like, you know, pretty good wrestling defense. Don't yeah, but not good enough. Right. I wasn't being jealous. I was, like, pausing the conversation to see if someone else would jump in. Yeah, I mean... It, his wrestling defense was, uh, you know, it was good enough against yep. a guy like Diego Sanchez, but you get a strong guy like Mike Pyle in there, and uh, that can change. I, I like last week when we were predicting this. We're like, well, he's already shown he's got good wrestling defense because he beat Diego Sanchez, who's pretty good at wrestling. Now we're like, yeah, I mean, Diego Sanchez was kind of fat and out of shape in that fight anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, one thing that has to be noted for that is that Diego Sanchez was just moving back up to 170 from 155. And um, Mike Pyle says he's a big 170-er, and I'm inclined to believe him. You know, I, I didn't hear Joe Rogan be like, he's huge for a welterweight. You know, he's not the uh, Tiago Alves or Anthony Johnson He comes down from 260 pounds somehow. <laughs> yeah. But uh, 
you know, he's he's not a tiny guy who maybe would be going down a weight class per right. se. So when Diego wasn't able to take down John Hathaway, I was like, okay, that's a lightweight taking down a welterweight, and it's not happening. But a welterweight taking it down a welterweight makes it a little different, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Now, um, that second round was pretty rough. Uh, I believe that was one where, uh, uh, sorry, Mike Pyle had uh, Hathaway kind of in a, in a, in a choke-ish, the inverted triangle mount thing. And it was just like punching oh, him yeah. repeatedly in the face. And like I wasn't worried about that fight being stopped, but no. uh Are you really ten eight? Yeah, that's the thing. I know it was like, wow, that's the, that's like if you're gonna score something a ten eight round, that 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 that's pretty close to That was a lot like when Roy Nelson fought Kimbo on the Ultimate Fighter and, and he had him in the crucifix for like half a round and um it actually looked like he was hitting um uh him a lot harder than Roy Nelson was hitting Kimbo because Roy, I mean, Roy Nelson was even saying like, "Oh yeah, all you got to do is fucking pile was throwing slap elbows him. and stuff." Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was throwing some legit stuff, and uh, Hathaway had a big old rhinoceros horn on his forehead afterwards. So uh, you know, there was some damage, but yeah, I mean, none of them were like lethal finishing blows. If it would have been stopped, I mean, there would have been justification for it, I guess, but it wasn't necessary either. Uh, It was just one of those kind of accumulation of blows. Like, how many times are you going to let that guy get hit in the forehead? Right. You know, like... It's like one of those things, I would have been kind of upset if they had stopped the fight on that, because, like, he didn't seem to be in that much danger. Like, if he had thrown him the choke on harder, but, like, those punches, while certainly being punched hurts. Uh, like I, I didn't think those were like going to do some serious, serious like, you know, like career changing damage where the the ref had to stop the fight. Oh, I agree with that. Uh, it was just like a clear display of of dominance on the ground there. So. I I definitely agree with that. Um, it's just that uh, you know, sometimes when you get like enough punches strung together, mm-hmm. you know, I can see why the justification would be there. That said, I'm glad it didn't get stopped there because uh, you know, that would have been unsatisfying if right. nothing else. Yeah. But yeah, definite dominance going on up in there on yeah. that. Yeah, so you know, all in all good obviously good showing for Mike Pyle. And uh, I mean John Hathaway still uh you know, he he's a young guy. I think he's only like twenty four or something like that, so you know, you gotta gotta get that loss in sometime and you know, the the generic cliche you learn you learn from your losses. Yes. Don't let that happen to you. The reverse triangle it sucks. Face. Yeah. yeah, at least he didn't get the uh the reverse triangle Kimura combination, which it looked like Pyle was going there for a little I, I bit. I was actually surprised he didn't go for a submission, at least even, you know, especially towards the end of that round. It looked to me like he was kind of trying for it for a little bit and just yeah. didn't have it, maybe didn't know it. Yeah. Because uh, it looked like he was kind of like dinking around with his arm, like, ooh, I'm going to twist it, and ah, I'm just going to punch him. Mm. Um, so maybe Cole Miller's a little better at that. Right, right. Because, man, when he did that, I was like, damn. Yeah. Another situation you don't want to get yourself caught in is um, having your shorts grabbed repeatedly by Chet Congo. <laughs> hey, you know what? I think that may have saved him the fight because apparently he would have lost otherwise. Um, no, no, that uh, no, he would have won because Chet Congo had the point deducted. Yes, right, right. So it saved the fight for Brown. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, Brown would have lost. We're on the same page. And, and just to be clear, uh, Chet Congo does speak English, correct, and understands English. Yes, he's very eloquent in his pre-fight interviews. Right, so he... He, he speaks better English than GSP does. <laughs> so he, he he could clearly hear the, the referee 
repeatedly warn him to stop holding the shorts. And he kept doing it after yeah, the point after was deducted. Yeah, he's a, lucky he didn't get a second point taken away. Yeah, uh, this fight did not do a lot for Chet Congo's image. <laughs> no, it didn't. I mean, I mean, it's good that he got the win. Yeah, or he didn't even get the win. It's good yeah. that he didn't lose for his sake because... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, he had lost two straight, and then he got that pitiful win over Buentello. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, any win's a win, yeah. but... Damn, that was not a very impressive win at all. Um, certainly, it wasn't a very impressive loss for Buentello either. So, yeah. it, you it know, I'm not going to give him that. Too much. But, yeah. um, you know, this has uh, really been hurting Congo's image because Congo's just been a badass up until recently. You know, he's always like the the guy that you don't want to stand with, but if yeah. you get him down, then you're okay. But his last two fights, it's been like, well, yeah, he beat Buentello, but, uh, and then this one's like, he he took the guy who was completely unknown and uh, basically fought like a complete wuss the whole time and was blatantly cheating to the point where he had a point taken away and had yeah. the fight turned into a draw and kept cheating for the rest of the fight. Yeah, like I'll, 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 I'm usually I don't know why because I'm generally like a pessimistic person, but for some reason I like to give people the benefit of a doubt, the the doubt, you know. But like clearly in this case, like he was. Fully aware of what he was doing, yeah, and purposefully doing it. Like you know, you like you know, you see fights all the time. Like, hey, let go of the shorts, guy. Let's go, and then yeah. like, that's it. Or like, hey, get, let go of the fence. Okay. Uh, Chet Congo clearly was up to something uh, nefarious there. So. Yeah, and I don't think it was even really doing him any good either. You know, like you can like do a quick grab on the shorts here and there to you know like do something. Mm. Or you, you can hold on to him, just to like hang on to it, use it as a handle at some points. But they were just standing up against the cage doing nothing. It's not like, you know, the guy was taking him down and the shorts were the only thing Congo had to hold on to to keep him from going down. Uh, he was just holding him. Yeah. No reason. Yeah. So, um, way to go, check. Yeah, not a... Again, no one came out good in that fight. I guess, you know, Travis Brown... Uh, definitely got the sympathy there, and you know, it, it was a close fight. I think Congo would have won it had it not been for the short grabs anyway. Like it, it was close, but I think I think he took two of the rounds. Um, but yeah, just like I think the draw is just a sour leaves a sour taste in people's mouths, especially uh, with, with the point deduction. You know, like if if it's yeah, I don't know if I've actually ever. I, I guess I can't speak from experience, but I don't think I've seen a fight where like two guys are just like so evenly matched and such a good fight. But no one clearly had the advantage that it scored a draw. It's usually something, something kind of uh, suspect. That happened when uh, BJ Penn fought Cal Uno. 
okay. second time. Okay. Like the first time they fought it was like eleven seconds. Yeah. And then the second time they fought it was twenty five minutes. And uh freaking nobody won. Yeah. Weird. Oof. So uh what other what other fights were on the main card there? Was that uh oh we had the uh Cyril Diabati yeah. and uh, Alexander Gustafsson fight. And, um, I'm glad Alexander won. Yeah, that um, went, uh, you know, I think we get to, I think it was a decent fight, or a close-ish for a little bit, but then, you know, uh, Gustafsson got the uh, the rear naked choke in the second round there. And that, you know, like, but that whole second round, it was pretty clear that uh, Diabati was in trouble. I mean, Gustafsson went for that choke like three or four times, I think. Yeah. Before finally locking it on. Yeah, and uh, he got a nice cut up on uh, Cyril. So that was, uh, I mean, even when he wasn't looking like he was going to seek the choke in, it looked like he uh, was in position to do some serious ground and pound and had him at least somewhat hurt. Um, So that was cool. I don't like Cyril. Uh, He's got a pretty gross-looking beard. You're upset with his facial hair. Yeah. Shave that, man. Ugh. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, I mean, a solid win, I guess, for Gustafsson in the in the light heavyweight division. Sure. Um, I know. I think before this, he had the loss to Phil Davis. So I don't know. You know, not not too much to take away from that fight as far as like where those guys go from here. But, no. Um, neither of them are you know big names as of yet. Right. It, that's probably the best exposure either of them have had yep. up to this point. So, uh, you know, good win for the Swede, was it? I'm just going to assume he's Swedish. Yeah, it's something like that. I'm not up on all my flags. I know the American flag, yeah. the Alaska flag, and then after that it gets kind of fuzzy. Yeah. Um, you I, patriot. I think Canadians have some ter- kind of tree on their flag. Not quite sure. Uh, I think it's pot leaf, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> pot leaf. Yeah, yeah, stoop dog. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was it for the, uh, I, I guess, the officially televised fights. We did, did get to see one of the prelims, uh, Paul Sass, mm. uh, taking out Mark Holtz with a triangle choke. And that was, I mean, like, Sass wanted nothing of the stand-up. Like, and, like, oh, man, I forgot about that fight. Like, he was, And I don't blame him because he was really good on the ground, but like he's got he's got a ways to go before becoming a, a well, well-rounded mixed martial artist. Actually, I thought that fight was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, because he was just all over uh, Holtz on the ground. Like, any time they got close, he just, like, either dropped a guard or yeah. a guy for a takedown. And... He wasn't even doing takedowns. Like, he would kind of go, like, fake for a takedown and then just pull guard. Yeah. Um, doing the old Noguera trick. Because, uh, you know, Noguera, great jiu-jitsu guy, but terrible takedowns. Hmm. So, you know, he'd shoot anyway for you to sprawl and just kind of grab you and pull you into his guard. And that's what this guy did. And he kept going for the same move over and over again. It was always the triangle. And... um Eventually he got it, but I don't think he threw one punch the whole fight. Mm. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah, um, I forgot about that fight. I'd been drinking a lot of Coors Light that night. N- not Bud Light though, because they didn't pay me to say this. Oh, <laughs> bastards! Yeah. Wait, you were able to drink that? <laughs> I thought the difference was drinkability. Well, the Coors Light wasn't all that drinkable, but it was, you know. It was there. I was able to choke it down. <laughs> right. All right, so I think that was it for the fights we saw. Uh, with mentioning uh, Claude Patrick beat James Wilkes, unanimous decision. Oh, uh, Spencer ouch. Fisher finally got a finally got his win. Yay! Uh, beating up Kurt Warburton, uh, unanimous decision. Uh, James McSweeney seems to have uh, gotten a TKO'd. Yeah, he is. Uh, I I don't think he's long for the UFC. Like uh, I know he's friends with Rashad and those guys, but I don't think he's going to be around for much longer. 
Uh, yeah, Fabio Maldonado. Who I've never even heard of. Right. I'm kind of impressed I just got to say his name co- close to right. That's good. Uh, Are you sure? But yeah, TKO punches. Uh, uh, close enough. Oh, okay. And then um, Rob Broughton beat up some guy who has V, Ks, and Qs in his name. Okay, that's cool. Just just go for it. Say, what do you think? Oh, uh, where are we going? That one right there. Oh, snap! These K's and Q's. Vinicus Capki de Quiros. Yeah, you got <laughs> I do like Vinicus though. That's yeah, pretty cool that's, name. That's pretty hardcore, but yeah, Rob Broughton. Vinicus. Uh, <laughs> get the uh, my first son. <laughs> rear naked. <laughs> yeah, got the rear naked choke round three. So. <laughs> Uh, I mean, what do you guys think of this card? I mean, we'll talk about the tape delay stuff, all of that in, in a minute. But I mean, you know, it, it was a free card, and you know, I, I, I think it was a better card than UFC 119. Maybe not on paper, but at least the fight quality, I thought. Yeah, well, UFC 119 really just kind of played out poorly. I mean, that was a great lineup, but right. And honestly, not all those fights were that. It was just like the main event was terrible, and that leaves always a bad. Like, it wasn't a great card to start with. It was like a decent card, but with a terrible main event. So that always just, like, really leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. Yeah, but, I mean, even all the other fights, like, there were all these guys who, you know, got a lot of knockouts, got a lot of submissions, and just none of them did them that night. You know, like, it looked like it was going to be awesome. It just didn't play out that way. And, you know, it's it's hard to, like, place blame on really any one person, even for any given fight there, because, I mean, like, other than Frank Amir, you can blame him all you want. Because uh, all he did was push Krokop against the cage and wait for him to make a mistake and knee him in the face. Mm. But, I mean, you know, most of those fights, which is like, oh, he's going to knock me out. I better, you know, play it safe. And the other guy is thinking the same thing. Yeah. Uh, this fight was certainly more exciting to watch. Yeah, I mean, the the main event and co-main event were, uh, you know, both both exciting and, and, yeah. and, and, you know, decent fights. And then we had, you know, the Mike Pyle with the... Uh, you know, the the upset, as it were, I guess. Really, the only bad fight to watch here was Chuck Congo, which sounds weird saying. Right. But, uh, yeah, that was the worst fight on the card. He's a little he's a little handsy. Yeah. You know. He's a little scaredy, too. Oh, man. I, I mean, don't know what was I, I think he's he's gotten to the point where he's fighting for his job. Yeah. And I think he's actually trying too hard to fight for his job because, you know, he's getting to the I-must-win-at-all-costs mentality instead of the... Which, you know, is a good mentality. Uh, you know, it's good to win. But, um, you know, Dana White also keeps around guys who are exciting and fun to watch. Right. Which Congo has always been exciting and fun to watch. Uh, so, you know, you'd think he could lose a few more fights and, yep. you know, just still have a job. He's freaking check Congo. And he's, you know, especially at heavyweight where they don't tend to, you know, put people on the chopping block too early unless they have a bad attitude like Todd Duffy. Um Allegedly. But, yeah, allegedly. But, you know, I'm going to take Dana White's word for it, like the gospel. Well, he does still have a Twitter account. So. Yeah, Somehow, <laughs> some way. Unlike Todd Duffy. Yeah. So there, there, there you go. I can't even ask Todd Duffy, hey, what's your attitude? It's um, great. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chuck Congo's getting into this uh, weird thing where he's actually changing his fighting style to something he's not as good at. Because he's scared of the possibility of losing, right? Which is strange and boring to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know what's next for Czech Congo. Maybe. Uh, Maybe an undercard. Who right. Knows? I know we've got the the Brendan Schaub, uh, Gabriel Gonzaga on this this UFC 121, I believe. Ooh, I wouldn't mind seeing either of them fight him. All right. I mean, maybe maybe we can see that happen. I certainly couldn't see him trying to grapple with Congo. 
mm-hmm. or uh, Gonzaga. Gonzaga, yeah. yeah. Congo wouldn't want any of his guard. Right. I would think. So yeah, yeah. those would be fun. Yeah, I mean, Czech Congo clearly is, at this point is just not a. Uh, you know, he's not that. He's, again, he's not well-rounded. He's got you know pretty good stand-up, but like and you mentioned, like what we've seen of him lately, he's just not even willing to. Uh, you know, I guess throw or bring that fight the way he used to, you know. And, yeah. You know, maybe he's playing it safe, but it's, you know, yeah. even playing it safe, it hasn't helped him that much. I, no. So. Got to go full speed, man. Just go for it. So how about Travis Brown, though? Some guy we've never heard of, uh, you know, almost won the fight. Yeah, I mean, I believe Brown was the one. He beat McSweeney on his last fight and then has the uh, has the Czech Congo draw. And, like, you know, sometimes with draws, maybe you give him the rematch, but... I don't think anyone's really too excited. <laughs> no, I don't want to see it. Not that exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, he uh, got a draw. Uh, some could say that he, uh, you know, could have won the fight. Yeah. Uh, Joe Rogan clearly seemed to think that, <laughs> given yeah. what he was saying during the fight. Um, he looked like he was a bit tired in the end. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Congo really turned it on in the end of the fight when. Uh, he wasn't doing much, but I don't know what's what's Matt Mitrione up to. Can can him and Travis Brown fight or him mm. and Chet Congo fight? Ooh, there we go. Matt Mitrione against Chet Congo, <laughs> one for the ages. Yeah, that would be messy. But yeah, again, not a, not a lot to take away from this fight because obviously a draw, no clear winner, and you know neither guy looked too impressive. Nope. But I mean, Travis Brown did, was able to it hurt hurt Congo a little bit on the feet, which was. But I mean, he was throwing some. And he was brought, throwing some bombs. Yeah, but he was wild and reckless. I think is is Vanderlei Silva style. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So um, uh, I think that's about it as far as running down the fights on UFC 120. Um, I don't have anything else to say about it. Okay. Yeah. And, and, so if we had seen it live, like most of the world did, by the yeah, way. Yeah, and then we talked about it, then somebody out there would be very angry with us. Well, yeah. it wouldn't actually matter because this doesn't get played for a day and a half after we talk about right, it. Right, but if we had seen it live and maybe, you know, threw it up on, if we had a TV network or if something like that. If we tweeted that, about it. Maybe. Yeah, if we were respected uh, sports journalists, then. We aren't? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> you know, within this room, we certainly are. <laughs> and in your homes. Yes. So anyways, what happened is ESPN, you know, the sports network. Um, the sports network. Right. Yeah. Not just any sports the, network. The sports network. And this is ESPN 1, I believe. But yeah. Um, Ooh, that's you know, the best one, yeah, too. You we we, we uh, in the States here got to see the UFC 120 card in primetime on Spike. Yeah. And it happened yeah, earlier which, that afternoon, like, what, four, three, four hours earlier, I think? Which happens quite frequently, is that with, we see with, them with tape the delayed overseas, With the overseas cards. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and in Alaska, I think in Alaska we get most of their live cards actually live. It's Strike Force that really gets tape delayed up here. Okay, well, then the international cards right. uh, in general are tape delayed. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for some re- I think the reason, like, a lot of people kind of got upset because ESPN actually aired the results. Uh, of of the fight card, which I don't think they've done before with tape delayed cards, but people got really upset, and um, I guess people started tweeting Dana White like at Dana White, why are the results of MMA on ESPN? And then Dana White's ears started burning. Went Dana White. But his response was basically, "Hey, can we get it? I quote. Yeah, let's see if let's get find it. But it's basically the equivalent of take it up with ESPN. It's not my problem. Something like that." No, that's not what you said earlier. He, he was like, sick him, boys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And, you know, Dana White and that Twitter, like, you know, bless bless him and bless Twitter, really. It, it, was like, it is the greatest invention for a guy like Dana White. Yeah, by the Someone way, that like, just shoots from the hip constantly. And, and it's fun because, like, uh, there's been a couple... Okay, you guys need to email and tweet ESPN for effing up the results, not me. Okay. So, um, and then, promptly, there was lots of, like, you know, the Twitter top ten searches or trending now on Twitter was like, ESPN, boo! <laughs> Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> Hash mark or whatever. Hashtag ESPN right. boo literal. Right. <laughs> um, so, and... And a couple of MMA journalists pointed it out that, um, hey, if you want to be up at, upset with any network, maybe we should be upset with Spike TV for tape delaying a sporting event. Yeah, and you say a few um, mixed martial arts journalists because that's really all there are. Yeah. This is still a pretty – it's not has, – hasn't really gotten into the echelon of well, real have, sport as as viewed by the American public as a whole. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and certainly, you know, we have, uh, I think, what, MMA Live, which is on ESPN2 now. Um, so you, you get some stuff there. But, yeah, a lot of it is, you know, the the whole, like, yeah, like old school guys and their sports reporter for doors aren't covering MMA. But, yeah, no, like, so this is um, – but so people got a little upset with ESPN, and um, uh, I, I think that's silly um, because, you know – the thing I, I think of is when the Olympics are on. Um, those, especially like the last couple Olympics we've had, they've been. Uh, we had the uh, the Winter Olympics most recently were in what Canada, I believe, and then uh, we had the Summer Olympics in Beijing before that. So you know, there's especially the Beijing Olympics. There was a pretty big time gap between when the events happened and when they aired here in the states. Yeah. Uh, That's true. And the, the there viewer, was a lot more events going on. Right. I don't mean to just kind of interrupt you in the middle yeah. of your yeah. your thing, but there were a lot of events going on. And while you know mixed martial arts and UFC is almost the only game in town, and it is the only game in town where a uh, a serious sports journalistic organization will feel like reporting it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if MMA is going to get covered by like ESPN or something like that, it's it's mostly going to be UFC stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've never heard of them talking about strike force. I, or I think like Bellator. the only thing, yeah, I think the only thing that got mentioned was when Fedor lost to Fabricio uh, Verdum, and it wasn't even mentioned in what organization. I don't think really. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, but yeah, like the uh, it, it's incumbent upon the viewer uh, to first of all, they're like, hey, you know, like oh, the the Olympics are on. Uh, s- swimming's happening at like noon. But they're not going to broadcast it here in the states until like 7 p.m. I should avoid sports channels and the internet, places that would report on that. 
And um, if you're a 24-hour news organization, right. you really have to pump it as soon as you get your hands on it. There's well, no time is, to wait. This is where I get all uppity because, you know, like, I'm not a sports journalist, but I am a journalist uh, here in Anchorage and whatever, quote-unquote. Uh, but, like, yeah, I went to – like, that's, like – News is news. Like, it's not like uh, if you want to make an argument about the UFC and MMA being sports entertainment or it's entertainment and sport at the same time, but, like, for a sports reporter or someone covering uh, the event, like, the results are news. And it's not up to – it's not the – the journalist's job, and it's not the the sports – or the the media entity's job to, um, you know, shelter – the, the Shelter news. the fan, yeah, who doesn't right. want to have the spoilers. And people in, yeah. um, you know, football fans have to go through this all the time because there's so many different games and so many different right. time zones on so many different channels that, you know, the the responsibility is really on the viewer to avoid any, if it matters so much to you, then it's yeah. really the ball's in your court to keep it away from uh, from any spoilers. So, right. I mean, it's a, it's a, yeah. we're trying to make it a serious yeah. sport, so we need to treat it as such and not get mad at organizations that, uh, well, that, that would treat right. it the same way as any other sport. ESPN, stop cover, covering MMA like it's a real sport. Yeah. Right. Jerks. Like, um, so, but I do understand some of the frustration, like from a fan level, because this is on like the ESPN sport ticker scroll as well. Um, and, and I don't think there was and, – and, again, it goes back to, like, should they have to give a warning for a live sporting event that's happening? They really shouldn't. But, you know, uh, like, you'll notice a lot of MMA websites, they don't necessarily just throw the results up. It's like, hey, click here for results, live results. Um, well, you don't have that option on it. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think it's and, – and, but, again, so, like, I understand why people were frustrated, but I still think it's silly. And, again, if you want to get upset with someone and not necessarily like Spike TV – can do anything about it, but if you're going to get upset with someone, be upset with the network that's taped the lane sporting event. And quit quiet, crying to your mama, Dana White. <laughs> Ew, twerps. <laughs> Dana, yeah. make you stop. You, well, you better at ESPN and swear at them like you swear at people who disagree with you. <laughs> like, have you been to Dana White's Twitter? Like, half of his tweets are replying to people and calling them, like, dick faces. <laughs> <laughs> this is the president of a multi-million dollar company. That's <laughs> why we love him. <laughs> One thing I would say, though, is I, I can see how... Since this is the first time it happened, people weren't necessarily expecting this to happen on ESPN. Right, like the first time, like the ESPN, like spoil, quote unquote, spoil. But yeah, like, you know, maybe they considered it to be safe grounds. Yeah, and yeah, now yeah. it's not safe ground. You know, it's like you've always known. You know, don't go to your favorite fight forum. Yeah. on a day like this, because some jerk is going to post it just to piss everyone off. Yeah, um, ESPN's not necessarily doing it for that reason, but they're going to post it. Yeah. we know that now. But I think the verdict is in because I agree with you guys. Quit your bitching, fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a sport. We're going to treat it as such. And also, when do MMA fans watch other sports? I don't get that at all. Like, How many sports do you want to be into? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're at ESPN. You're you're hunting down you know, your fantasy football yeah. picks. Yeah. You're and watching, then the UFC yeah. scrolls by and you start freaking out. Yeah. What are you watching college football for anyways? Like, oh, seriously. man. But, yeah, no. So um, I, I don't think that's going to be a big issue. I just think it's... You know, it's funny, something every other sports fan has to deal with. You know, like, oh, you know, like, I was watching this NFC game, and they showed the AFC scores on the chan- on the other game that I was taping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that yeah, happens you, all you the need, time. Yeah, you need to deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, put on your big boy pants, MMA fans. Now, and, it'll yeah. probably never get to that size. Like, I don't know how many, how much more room for other organizations there will be. What do you think? Like, the max... Uh, 
five? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, well, there's no way for us to know, and right. especially like how big it's going to get. But then, you know, it, boxing's been around for for decades and decades and decades. But that's mostly the 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 singular promoters game. Right. No, but I mean, I was just using the AFC NFC thing as an example of like, oh, simultaneous events happening that you're both in. Like, but I mean, we've had we've had two MMA cards on at the same night. I think a Strike Force and a WEC went head to head before. And uh, you got you got to you got to pick your battles. Yeah, it, it happens, but it doesn't happen regularly. But they're also not going to spoil each other's events, Eric Bischoff style, <laughs> like uh, you know that would happen in a, a NFL game because in the NFL, you know they're all they're, they're different teams that are playing different games in different right. leagues, but they're all in the NFL. You know yeah. the UFC and Strike Force aren't under the same banner, so there's no reason why if you're watching the UFC live and you're taping Strike Force. The UFC is not just going to be like, heh, Bader just lost. You will get a smiley face. (laughs) You will get a smiley face, sweet. Yeah, but again, and I think there's a difference between that and, like, news organizations reporting things as they happen. So, um, uh, again, like, I I think it's kind of much ado about nothing, but I figured it was worth a mention because the Internet went crazy. And there are a lot of, you know, sports fans that, you know, are just glad to be obsessed with sports, so like right. football will be their m- main right. source of uh, of entertainment, and then you know they'll have a uh, a good passion yeah. for UFC. Yeah, but all in all, I think it's kind of funny because like uh, the MMA fans in general seem to be like you know you like the the seeking acceptance from the mainstream. You know, it's like oh MMA is going to be a real sport. We're going to get legalized in New York, and you know everyone, even my mom's going to finally start liking the MMA stuff. It'll be great. ESPN's covering it like a real sport. Stop it. Well, MMA fans, like the diehard hardcore people, have always been pretty funny about this kind of stuff because they've always been seeking such acceptance. You know, before it was on Spike TV, they're like, one of these days, man, we can just show this to the world and they're going to love this sport. They get it on Spike TV and they're like, whoa, our pay-per-views aren't 30 bucks anymore. They're 50? Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. So, and then Dana White, yeah. so greedy. UFC <laughs> sold out, man. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, but um, so back to like actual relevant MMA stuff. UFC 121 this weekend. Huh? Oh snap! Uh, Brocktober is oh, uh, coming to an oh, end. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, I did watch the uh, first half of the last episode of UFC Prime Time. How was it? Does he still have the beard? That beard is amazing. Oh, I hope he keeps it for the fight. Uh, he trimmed it down. A little bit. It looks like during the uh, the UFC 120 uh, oh, the satellite okay, interview. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it looked like it was trimmed down a bit from the TV show. Because man, on that TV show, was, that was a mighty Viking beard. He yeah. looked like he should just be butt naked, swinging an axe over his head, <laughs> charging Cain Velasquez, running through the wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. But yeah, uh, so I, I guess we'll start with the. Uh, Want to start at the top and work our way down, or what, how are you feeling? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. do that. Okay, yeah. so the. For the UFC undisputed heavyweight championship of Oof. the world universe, whatever. Ooh, Brock Lesnar, Cain Velasquez, mm. and uh, I, I just have to point this out though. Uh, it's being billed as such. Uh, if if he were to win, Cain Velasquez would be the first Mexican champion. He was born in the United States. Was he? Yep. Okay. Um, so like, I have no problem with him being like you know the first like you know Mexican American heritage or any of that, <laughs> but like. It's straight up false to say he'd be the first Mexican champion. Cause they want some of that boxing uh, scratch. You know? yeah, yeah. And, and like I get the appeal, like that's that's like a marketing. His thing. parents are from Mexico, yes. though, right? But he he was born in the United States. Because like his dad was picking I, lettuce. Right. Like I believe he was born in the United States of Mexican I- immigrants. Okay. But, like he he is 
Yeah. And it sounds he like an illegal guy. immigrant. Yeah. What? I have no idea. I have no idea either. But, what if you know, they deport him after he wins the belt? Yeah. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> well, being that he was be born here. Yeah. So does that oh, mean that you're going for a Velasquez? Yeah, I guess his parents would be deported. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm actually going to go with Velasquez on this. Ooh. Um, and not to say Brock Lesnar can't win this, because we sure know Brock Lesnar can take a bunch of punches Man, and win. can't he, though? Oh, goodness gracious. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the key factor here is going to be, uh, it, for Brock Lesnar, in Brock Lesnar's favor at least, the size. Uh, he's much mm-hmm. bigger than Cain Velasquez. But aside from that, um, you know, maybe the wrestling might be a, a bit sharper. We'll see. But, I mean, Cain Velasquez uh, is much better stand-up. Yeah. He's got much better stand-up, but... Crisper, faster, yeah. Yeah, well, he's got much better stand-up. Yeah. But um, he's going to be fighting a lot of size here, like you mentioned, and he's going to have probably a speed advantage, but given the size difference, it's not going to be that much of a speed advantage because, you know, he's quick, he's fast, but Brock Lesnar, for being an extra 40 pounds, isn't slowed down by that 40 pounds as much as most guys. He that carries it well. Yeah. He carries it well, yeah. He, he does a good job of moving that stuff around pretty quickly. And um, he's got some good cardio. We haven't really seen him in the deep waters uh, in terms of uh, you know fighting for a long time. Uh, yeah. The longest we've seen him fight was a 15-minute fight against Heath Herring. But you know that was also the longest we've ever seen Cain Velasquez fight when he fought Chuck Congo. Right. And either, uh, I, I guess Cain Velasquez had a, had a more challenging time uh, I mean, Brock Lesnar was basically just like yeah, he just kind of mauled Harry in it. Right, he just kind of wrote him out. Whereas Cain uh, Velasquez, uh, pretty dominant over Czech Congo, but I believe like basically the beginning of each round got punched several times in the face before getting a takedown and then yeah. winning each round. Yeah, and he almost got knocked out three times in that fight. Um, but which leads yeah. to another thing, and is that is uh, Brock Lesnar may not have the best stand up, but I've never seen him hit somebody without them falling down. He punches hard. And he doesn't even necessarily have to land clean for them to fall down. It's just like a push yeah. almost and they fall down. Because he's big and strong. Yeah. And um you know, should he get on top? I'm not gonna say that Kane Velasquez has a weak chin because I've got no real basis for saying that. But, you know, I've only seen it get cracked a couple times and granted that was by Congo. But he looked to be in trouble every time that yeah. happened. So his chin is maybe not invulnerable. Right. Brock Lesnar, on the other hand, took the best that Carwin had to offer, and Carwin has been known to destroy fools with his hands. Yeah. So you know, I, I would expect, in terms of the durability of the chin, Brock Lesnar would have the edge on that. And we can't discount the beard power either. The beard. Well, yeah, but. Who knows if we'll still have the beard? Because uh, yeah. he might be one of those guys that doesn't shave at all during training, right. and then you know shaves it all off when he's going to be in front of the, the cameras. Because uh, we've never seen him train before, so who knows if he's you know always clean cut? Was it was he hitting tires with the sledgehammer? Uh, he didn't do that, but he he did like the rope thing where he like does the monkey but holding some big old ropes. Okay, and then they uh, went to a field. Because it was like a nice October day in and Minnesota. Just, like, punched holes in it or something. Or uh, <laughs> he lifted it above his head the yeah. entire field. He, he, he was just yeah. punching holes That's, in the earth. They, yeah. yeah, they just did some sprints and okay. stuff, and there were like some kids playing on a playground nearby, looking and at all these. Scared them. Look at all these big guys charging. Um, Eat your steak, kids. But yeah. Don't forget the salad. And then Cain Velasquez just went to a uh, uh, Latino school okay. and was a role model. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Okay, so it sounds like you're taking Brock Lesnar in this fight? I'm or? taking Brock Lesnar. I think the size is going to be too much. I think this is a fight where Cain Velasquez might be a more all-around 
talented, like technically right. fighter. But I think the physical attributes of Brock Lesnar are going to be too much of this fight. Um, seems, seems to be a, a constant thing we talk about with Brock Lesnar. With his like, he might not be the best fighter in this fight, but he's got Donkey Kong strength. Well, you know that's not what we were talking about last time he fought because you know he fought an equal uh, guy. Granted, he he won basically based on another physical attribute, but it was cardio, which is you know something that you work on as opposed to just being big and strong, which you do work on that. But you know that's the kind of thing that you know nobody's ever going to just be out muscling Brock Lesnar because they lifted a bunch of weights, unless they did a whole lot of steroids. Mm. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But I'm not going to get into that. No, we're not. Um, I'm actually a little more excited about the next opponent for whoever the uh, winner of this fight is in Junior Dos Santos because I think that provides a more interesting challenge. Um, not to completely discount Cain Velasquez, but I don't really see him winning this fight. Um, other than, you know, possibly by a decision or wearing Lesnar down and yep. finishing him late, just because, you know, Cain Velasquez, I guess, is supposed to be known as a cardio machine, even though we haven't seen him do much uh, late in the fight, you know, he's supposed to be one. And Brock Lesnar is, you know, he says he is, but he's a big guy. And, um, you know, that that can always be questioned. Yeah. So, once again, like when we were talking about the Shane Carwin Brock Lesnar fight, like, there's so many question marks here. And there's still a lot of question marks on this fight. Because, you know, both of these guys have been very impressive, but there's also still a lot of question marks about yeah. both of them. Uh, how do they uh, do under certain situations. We've never really seen Cain Velasquez tested other than getting hit by a few select shots by a guy who's really easily taken down. Mm. Um, what happens if Brock Lesnar lands one of his shots and then Cain Velasquez has to shoot in real fast? You know, Brock Lesnar is not going to be so easily taken down. But on the flip side, what if Cain Velasquez gets an advantage and doesn't gas out like mm. uh, Shane Carwin did? How is Brock going to, you know, come back uh, a se- you know a second round a third round a fourth round is is that gonna you know continually happen? So you know there's there's a lot of things that we don't know really about either fighter, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is one of the things that makes this interesting. Yeah. But I think just given what we know, I've got to lean towards Brock Lesnar. All right, Matt tiebreaker. Woof, that's gonna be a tough one, man. Keep in mind, Kane Velasquez has a brown pride tattoo. Uh, oh. Brock Lesnar is a real American. He's from Minnesota. Oh, yes, man. but Brock Lesnar has a penis tattooed on his chest, right in between his pectoral muscles. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, That's yeah. true. Advantage uh, Lesnar. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I 
I wouldn't know what to do, man. I would, I would, I'll just go with my uh, my normal, go with the underdog. So I guess Cain Velasquez. All right. On this one, um, but honestly, <laughs> good for you. I really don't know. Like it's gonna be so cool. I'm looking forward right. to it. Two giant men just punching each other. Well, I like Cain Velasquez a whole lot because yeah. he's just just quick and he's yep. got great punching. Well, and so, but then you know Brock Lesnar is no slouch. Like he, he he's, he's pretty quick. He's basically the of Thunder. I mean, well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't wouldn't go that far, but but you know, I mean, he he's really quick and he yep. can take a great punch. And, um, you know, how many punches in a row could Cain Velasquez, you know, get onto his face? We'll find out. One thing I would like to say, though, just to throw it out there, is that this would not be the first time that I've potentially greatly underestimated Cain Velasquez. I picked him to totally lose against Noguera. Mm. Um, And I even said, you know, I don't see how he's going to win this fight. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he didn't seem to hit very hard in his previous two fights, and Noguera is known for having an incredible chin. And, uh, you know, obviously he's not going to submit Noguera. Uh, and then he went out there and completely proved me wrong. Maybe looked like an idiot. Face, yeah. yeah, knocked him out in the first round, um, which could either be incredibly imp- uh, impressive or, you know, it's one of those things like, has Noguera sunk that far? Because, yeah. you know, like... He'd never been knocked out, and all of a sudden he's knocked out twice in uh, you know in a two-year span, a year-and-a-half span. Is it that Frank Mir and Cain Velasquez are really this awesome, or is it that Noguera of 2010 is not Noguera of 2003? Right. Uh, you know, so I think that's actually maybe another question mark that is, is thrown over this fight. Cain Velasquez looked amazing in his last fight, but, you know, that could be due to the fact that he was fighting a legend that was still on top of his game, or it could be due to the fact that he was fighting a legend that is no longer mm-hmm. on top of his game. So I think that's one of the things that's going to be answered at this uh, pay-per-view as well, if, if his punches have much of an effect on Brock Lesnar. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to the uh, the co-main event. Jake Shields making his UFC de- debut. Fresh off of a win in uh, Strike Force over Dan Henderson, yeah. And on uh, Martin Campman, the the Hitman, the Hitman, right. And I don't think Jake Shields has a cool nickname or a nickname. No, I don't think he doesn't. No, yeah. he's that guy. Call him, I'll call him Jake Blues from now on. I'm just gonna call him Jake Shields. All right, that, that seems like also. a reasonable thing to call him. Yeah. Um, interesting style matchup. Uh, Jake Shields, known for his ground game. Martin Campman, more of a more he he enjoys standing and punching people, but he's got a pretty solid. He, I would he's say not, he's, not, he's yeah. not terrible on the ground. I would say that uh, Campman is the more well-rounded of the yes. two fighters. That said, I would say that Jake Shields is better at doing what he wants to do. Like Jake, where yeah, the fight takes place, Jake yeah. Shields drags you into his world. He's kind of got the John Fitch thing going on, although he's. A bit more of a finisher than Fitch is. Um, he's not just completely embracing the grind. He's, uh, you know, he drags you into the world, and and, and he is a jujitsu guy at heart. I think he's more of a jujitsu guy than a wrestler. Mm. Um, his last couple of fights, he's mostly done the wrestling, but he's got a lot of submissions on his record as well. So it's not like he's completely a decision fighter. And to his credit, you know, the last two guys he fought which were, you know, his two biggest exposures were against Mayhem Miller and Dan Henderson. Two guys and, are terribly hard to finish. Yeah, I mean, Mayhem Miller is not really like a world beater, but he's notoriously just hard to put away. Uh, and then Dan Henderson, 
everyone was expecting him to win. Yep. So, I mean, the fact that Jake Shields even came out with the victory was impressive enough. Um, and he also showed a lot of heart in coming back from, you know, basically getting knocked out in the first round. And, you know, yeah, I mean, he he was in trouble early on in that fight. And he looked like, a lot of people wrong. He yeah. looked to me like he was knocked out and woke up when he hit the floor, but, you know, immediately popped back up and yep. went for a takedown. Uh, so, I mean, he, he fought those two guys and didn't finish them. But he's got a lot of other finishes. So I, I think he's got kind of a uh, unwarranted, boring fighter stigma to him. Mm. Um, but I think this would be a very fun fight. If Shields can get it to the ground, I wouldn't be surprised if he could win it. I don't know if he could get a submission on uh, Campman because Campman's really good on the ground also. Yeah. But I think he could... Uh, you know, do some damage on the top and, you know, end up with a probably a decision victory. But if Campman can keep the fight standing, uh, then I think he should get a pretty easy win there. Yeah, let's see. I mean, yeah, and I'm going to play it safe here. I mean, I do fa- favor Jake Shields in this because, you know, he has that ability to control where the fight takes place, and I think he can get to the ground and keep it there. Again, probably not probably not win it, you know, win with submission, but... but uh, maintain control and, and do damage from top. And you got to remember, uh, you know, in Strike Force, can't throw those elbows on the ground, and he can definitely do that here. Oh, they can't? Right. Oh, that changes everything. So, I mean, like, I mean, because Jake Shields can get that top control and actually land some elbows, maybe. Ooh, but, and, so and Campman had that really gnarly cut a while back. Ew, so, so gross. I yeah. wonder if uh, a few elbows to the forehead might open it up. Might, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's necessarily got that. I mean, that's probably healed, but. You know, the more cuts you get, the easier you are to cut down the line. So, yeah, I didn't even think about those elbows uh, being illegal in strike force. What a dumb rule. Yeah, I, I don't know why that is. It seems kind of silly that they still have that. So, uh, yeah, that might that might change things. He could get a TKO stoppage by yeah. way of cut. Not that that's necessarily my, you know, pick for the fight. Right. but De- Definitely adds another wrinkle to the fight. But, yeah, no, I, I like Jake Shields, but uh, certainly like you, what you mentioned, if Martin Campman can keep it standing. Um, you know, Jake Shields has made some improvements in his stand-up, but he's still not a good... I I don't want to say he's incompetent standing, but he's not, like... I don't think anyone has to worry about standing with Jake Shields. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. not someone you should, at least to this point, hasn't shown any reason to be uh, fearful of him standing up. Especially with knockout. I mean, he he might surprise somebody and out-technique them, although, you know, Martin Campbell is not going to be that guy that he yeah. surprises and out-techniques. But, um... You know, he doesn't really seem to have a whole lot of uh, finishing power in terms of his strikes, even on the ground. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be too worried about that. Um, Although Martin Kantman doesn't seem to be, you know, a a hugely devastating striker in his own right. But, you know, he can can hit you a lot and, uh, you know, do some damage. But, I mean, I can't think of any, like, you know, one-punch knockouts that he's got. Um, and he's got a couple TK or at least one TKO in recent memory, um, back at UFC '93. But yeah, I mean a lot of his wins, you know, uh, I guess he had, he had that submission. I keep forgetting over Jacob Volkman, but uh, also the unanimous decision over Paul Tiago, which you you know pretty clearly dominated. Yeah, and that was a very impressive, probably his most impressive fight to date. Um, right, because I think a lot of people were expecting Tiago to be. Uh, I mean, because. Campman did very well for himself on the ground there, where people were expecting him. Like, yeah, he can probably, 
do well standing, but if he gets to the ground, Paolo Tiago might get him in trouble, and it just wasn't the case. You know, Martin yeah. really showed. Well, I mean, Paulo Tiago has been pretty impressive standing up in his UFC time, too. He knocked out Koscheck, but you know, maybe that was a surprise. But then uh, he knocked the crap out of Mike Swick, too, and uh, you know, he, he ended up winning with a choke, but he did the damage standing up. But uh, yeah, I mean, a solid uh, a solid co-main event. I'm excited about it. I, I mean, a lot. You know, we we talked about Jake Shields. You know, when he was still in Strike Force, be like, oh, you know, he's pretty much the top of the Strike Force. You know, uh, obviously was the champion over there, kind of top of the division. But uh, you know, it's kind of like, what else does he have to do in Strike Force? And it turns out, not much. Now he's in the UFC, and we're gonna get to see, you know, how hell he'll fare in, in, in tougher waters. And it sounds like, you know, should he beat Martin Campman, he he might be in line for for a title shot. Against the uh, Koscheck GSP winner, yeah, which, which I think is warranted. I mean, certainly you want to ha- give, you know, have that one introductory fight and see, you know, make sure he's, you know, can win before you just throw him in a title shot. But I mean, someone who who was the, you know, the Strike Force title holder and someone who hasn't lost in like five years definitely, you know, should be on the short track for a UFC title fight. Oh, definitely. And I mean, even Martin Catman is not far off from it either. Right. Um, the Paul Daly loss kind of throws a wrench into things, but I mean, if he wins this fight, give him one more, and I would think he would probably be be out there too. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, we, we were talking about Carlos Condit earlier. You know, he he said he'd be interested in fighting. You know, either of those guys should they win? I don't know if that'll happen. I think yeah. it is interesting. Note, I believe Jake Shields has a win already over uh, Carlos Condit back uh, several years ago. I gotta double check that. Yeah, he here. beat a uh, Condit, I think, and Okami in the same night. Yushin Okami. Yeah, Rumble on the Rock. Uh, Pretty back impressive. In, back in 06. And uh, Carlos Condit had something like a two-minute fight. Oof. And uh, Jake Shields had a 15-minute decision win over Yushin Okami and then had a second 15-minute win. So he had uh, 30 minutes of fighting in one night and won them both. Yeah. So a couple options, at least, for the uh, again, for the welterweight division, which, you know, people are kind of, it seems, on and off, you'll get concerned about, like, you know, a, for any time in any of the UFC divisions, when there's a, a champion who's you know being dominant, won multiple title defenses, you're like, oh, well, who's left for him to fight? And at least you know it seems now welterweight's kind of coming around a little bit. You know, you've got a couple potential. Yeah, there's, there's some guys that are uh, that are coming up a little bit. Title challenger. So. Yeah. Um, also, you know, you mentioned about people wanting a piece. Uh, you know, the winner. Yeah. Uh, Tiago Alves wants to fight the loser of this fight. All right. All right. Um. And he says he is uh, he's he's sticking to 170. Apparently, he found a new nutritionist, and uh, he is down to 195 yeah. from 205. He's before. just eating celery all the time. Yeah, that's all he eats. So you know, I guess he and Dana White had a, a come to Jesus meeting where it's like you better not be missing weight anymore. Yeah. So he's lost some pounds. So he's still a big welterweight, but he's not a huge welterweight. But he says he's too short to go up to 185, which right. Is reasonable, I yeah. suppose. Can him and Anthony Johnson fight? I would love that. Yeah, that would make my day. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because like you know, there's not you know, there's a few title challenges we were talking about, like how you got you know Jake Shields that he come out of this victorious, probably has earned a title shot. Martin Campman, if he wins, one or two fights away maybe. Uh, but there's just a lot of fights in the welterweight division I want to see. Yeah, like, not even necessarily against contenders, but like I want to see Anthony Johnson fight, you know, Alves or Hardy or. Campman, I mean, that, all of those fights would be just... I want to see Anthony Johnson fight Tiago Alves at light heavyweight. Because they could. Yeah. No weight cutting involved. Yeah, I want to see yeah. them in all their, you know, hydrated glory, 
just going at it. That would be really interesting to me. No muscles to, to be seen, just just body. Just body. No, no ripped abs. No. Yeah. Whatever. Those aren't important. No, they're not. They are not. I'm with you. So uh, we talked about Paul Tiago and the Martin Campman, uh, Jake Shields matchup because uh, Martin Campman come off this win over Tiago. Paul Tiago taking on Diego Sanchez. I think he sends him back to lightweight. Oof. Man, Diego Sanchez, it's that stevia, man. That stuff's no good for you. The what? Flash makes you go crazy. Sugar substitute. Stevia? Have you heard of this? No. Ooh. He swears I, by it. It's, it's I know magic. of Splenda. It, it's, yeah. I <laughs> believe Splenda is a stevia, pro, like they're somehow... Connected somehow. Maybe <clears throat> maybe like um, Splenda is like refined stevia or whatever, but it's... It's like an energy-giving chemical sugar substitute deal. Yeah, and uh, Diego Sanchez is crazy for it. Really? And, and about many other things. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's a weird crazy, dude all around. Right. But he is totally into it. And they have uh, some all-sport drinks made of stevia. And it's, um, you know, it's kind of a health supplement. Huh. Yeah, okay. but uh, I don't think that'll actually factor into the fight. But <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. So yes, cartwheel might though. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's see here. I mean, I think Paul Tiago, you know, despite his showing against Martin Campman, still a, a pretty solid fighter and, and competent on the ground. Like I don't think Diego Sanchez, you know, even if they get Diego can get the the takedowns here, I don't think he'll be able to finish Tiago on the ground, um, and. I do think Tiago's going to have a striking advantage, you know, and Diego Sanchez, you know, and again, not like fighting against BJ Penn's like the best place to put on display your good stri- your striking, but, you know, he didn't have more than like a one-two combo and stuff, it seemed, against BJ Penn. So, uh, and, you know, I I can't think of it, at least any recent fights where Diego Sanchez has showed like some outstanding power in his in his punches, but I think I think Tiago does have an advantage standing. Yeah, um, I mean, Diego has looked really impressive standing in the past. Yeah. Um, he destroyed Joe uh, Riggs a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and that Luigi, whatever his name is, Luigi. Luigi. Yeah, whooped his ass. Uh, and I mean, he's had some great moments standing up. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Pretty terrible against BJ Penn standing up, but you know, hey, that's BJ Penn. Most people, uh, uh, unless you're, unless you're, uh, unless you know, you're Frankie Edgar of yeah. all people, yeah. uh, who seems to do just fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that one, uh, he looked really good standing up a lot of times, and I mean, his only two losses, uh, 
up until the BJ Penn fight were against some really high level guys, and then BJ Penn was really high level. Um, and he kind of got scared and went back up to 170. Just, yep. and I, I mean, I guess I can see as like, well, I'm clearly not going to beat that champ, so I'll go fight another champ. But he comes back up to welterweight, and maybe he just wasn't in shape for welterweight because, you know, you, you gain the weight too fast mm. instead of putting on muscle. I mean, like, GSP has been talking about moving up to 185 for like a year now, and he's still like, oh, I'm just gaining weight. Uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it right. Um, Diego Sanchez more of did it on a whim because he got his ass kicked. Right. Um, so maybe he's in better shape at 170 now. Um, but maybe he really just needs to be a lightweight because he was always kind of a small welterweight to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was certainly no Tiago Elvis. He was actually scheduled to fight Tiago Elvis at one point, and that would have been interesting. Oof. But, um, you know, I mean, he's not the biggest guy at the weight class, although I don't think Paulo Tiago is really the biggest guy either, but I think he belongs there a little more. Mm-hmm. That's more of the, the correct weight class for him. So I think uh, despite Diego's skills, I think he gets out-muscled here. And uh, um, I think it's going to cost him the the size deficit. All right. So both of us on board with... uh, I think Paulo's going to win this one Rambo style. Yeah, Special Forces. Yeah. Yes. You you, you care to dissent, Matt? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I Uh agree wholeheartedly with both of you. Perfect. Just, just the way we like it. Uh, Tito Ortiz, Matt Hamill. Uh, I haven't heard a lot of... I, I think they're kind of buddies, which is maybe why we haven't heard too much trash talk from Tito recently. Because um, he's kind of he's kind of well-known for uh, trying to trying to spice up fights a little bit with some, uh, some trash talking. Well, you know, Tito said when this fight was first booked, I'm not going to talk any trash this time because he's my friend. And we were all like, <clears throat> yeah, we'll right. see how long that lasts. And it's lasted. Yeah. So maybe it's true. You know, like Chuck and Tito were friends at one point. Uh, you know, Tito was always like, I would never fight one of my friends no matter how much money it was on the line. And Chuck was like, well, I mean, I'm his friend, but not that good of friends. Uh, but, you know, I, I mean, I guess they're pretty close. They're still willing to fight, but, you know, Tito doesn't want to r- ruin the relationship they have, I guess. So, I mean, I, I can see that. Tito's being nice in this one. Um, yeah, I mean, but I really don't know what to make of this fight. I mean, I guess, you know, they're they're both wrestlers. They've um, got similar styles. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I kind of like Hamill more on the feet, at least power-wise. I'll agree with that. Um, I think Tito actually probably has a more well-rounded stand-up. But, yeah, definitely the power I would lean towards Hamill because, uh, you know, I don't think Tito's ever knocked out anyone standing up. Um, unless you want to count that slam on Evan Tanner, but that's you know that's a different deal. Um, but Matt Hamill has shown that he can have some devastating strikes. I mean, he damn near killed that one guy, uh, Mark Munoz, yeah, yeah, who, yeah, who is now apparently a badass. But at the time, I was like, oh, that guy just got his ass kicked by Matt Hamill. Who the hell is he? Um, so I mean, I would think that Hamill has the advantage standing up in terms of uh, finishing the fight, but in terms of scoring points, Tito might have the advantage. He, you know, he's got some kicks. Uh, they're not, like, fight-ending kicks, but right. he's got some. He, he's shown some Muay Thai in the past, um, and he's shown some jiu-jitsu in the past, too. I mean, he almost finished off Lyoto Machida, despite the fact that he completely lost that fight. That's something that people f- forget sometimes. Like, he was 
a couple seconds away from finishing him with a triangle choke in the third round. Hmm. Um, I'm going to pick Tito on this fight. Right. He hasn't won a fight in a long time. He's like 0-3-1 in his last four fights. But, um, I mean, you look at the guys he's fought, and they're all world champions. Um, a lot of them were world champions later on. Um, I mean, Forrest Griffin was coming off being the champion and had a few tough losses and then uh, edged out Tito in a decision. Lyoto Machida was his fight before then, and, you know, Lyoto Machida went on to be the champion shortly after that. And, uh, you know, he had the draw against Rashad Evans. He lost to Chuck, but Chuck has always been a bad matchup for Tito. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, before that, he uh, he beat Forrest Griffin not too long before that. Yeah. So uh, Don't forget his... his- Classic, I don't. Yeah, I don't care about those fights. Victories over, <laughs> over the always, always lethal Ken Shamrock. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you take those away, he's right. still got some. You know, I mean, like, 2006 is a while ago now, but in terms of like looking at his mm-hmm. record, he's only had a few fights. Like, he's basically fought once a year. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he hasn't had a win in four years, but you know, he's fought top level guys, and he hasn't gotten his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. He's lost. But he really hasn't been defeated. I, I mean, when I say defeated, I mean like just you know brutally defeated. Yeah. Um, he, he lost to Lyoto Machida, but he also made that fight. You know, like Machida was backing away and jabbing at him the whole time, and then eventually, you know, uh, hurt him in the very final session of the fight. And you know, then t- when he finally got Machida to engage him, Tito almost finished the fight off. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you know, I, I, again, I think I give the slight edge to Hamill here because of the the, the power in his in his stand up. But I, I do think it's probably going to be a close fight. Um, and by the way, it weirds me out every time I look at Matt Hamill's record because he has a win over John Jones. I'm yeah. like, What? When did that? Oh, right. It was the DQ where he was getting his ass handed to him, but he won because of a DQ. Yeah, that was actually kind of a little funny thing I read on. Uh on MMATorch.com, actually, where uh, Tito was saying, like, I've got a great opponent. He is, like, won his last four fights. He's like, well, yeah, he did. Yeah. But that's only if you're going to count the John Jones fight as a win, which is, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe a little bit deceiving. But, yeah, so I always do a double take when I see that. But, yeah, I mean, uh, Matt Hamill still, I mean, he's still a young young fighter. You know, he's only, I think, only 9-2. and two. And um, you know, losses coming to uh, Rich Franklin, Michael Bisping. Uh, he should really be eight and three, but with the uh, the John Jones fight. But um, but you know that uh that Michael Bisping fight was real close. Yeah. Some say that he should have won that fight. So. Yeah, yeah, that w- that was pretty controversial, I believe. Actually, yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I just got this feeling about Matt Hamill in this fight. Um. And I think it really is going to come down to the, the to the punching power I mean, again. You know, Tito's doesn't have his, his Tito's stand up is nothing special. You know, and I think kind of he kind of you know once he takes a hit or two, he kind of gets himself into trouble, obviously, but doesn't doesn't respond well when when getting when, when taking heavy shots. Which you know, in his defense, most people don't. But yeah, well, I mean, Tito's fought some powerful punchers before, yeah. and I mean Chuck Liddell put him away with punches. One and a half times. I mean, he yeah. knocked him out in the first time they fought. In the second fight, really, he just kind of had him in a bad position and punched his arm and, you know, maybe the side of his head mm-hmm. uh, until the ref jumped in. But, 
you know, you didn't really get the sense of like, man, Chuck just knocked Tito the hell out that second fight. Right. So, I mean, Tito's fought some legit guys and has really only been knocked out once. So, um, I don't want to completely discount Matt Hamill's power, but uh, I don't see him getting a knockout. Right. Okay. Matt, tiebreaker. Um, Hamill, Ortiz. <laughs> Who's it going to be? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Hamill. I don't much care for Tito Ortiz. All right. <laughs> punk. In the, in the words of Ken Shamrock, he's a punk. Oh, jeez. I don't want to really take the words of Ken Shamrock too seriously either. Well, you know, apparently Ken Shamrock actually just fought some guy the other day. And he won. Did he? Yeah. Oh, snap. That's wow. The, that's a big story. Hey, so we we talked about it earlier, uh, <laughs> in the, in talking about potential you know future heavyweight matchups, um, but uh, Brent for, for Chet Congo or whoever... Uh, but Brendan Schaub's name got thrown out there. He's taking on Gabriel Gonzaga. Step up. Yeah, and uh, I, for some reason, I saw I saw a couple like you know the betting lines, and I thought I saw Schaub being the. He can't be a favorite in this fight. That doesn't seem right, does it? I mean, well, you know, I guess it's kind of that "what have you done for me lately" mentality, where it's like, yeah, sure, Gabriel Gonzaga is a veteran of the sport and has some solid wins in his career, but he's you know. Lost two of his last three fights. Yeah, I mean, Gabriel Gonzaga is a good fighter, and he knocked out Krokop. Ruined his career. All um, his fault. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... Krokop would be UFC champ if it hadn't been for Gabriel Gonzaga. There's perhaps other factors that come into play, but, you know, like... Krokop's had all kinds of knee surgeries yeah, since yeah. then, and we saw the way he landed... So if nothing else, like even if you take out just like the fact that he got knocked out and you know he lost and all that stuff, the the mental things that go on, mm-hmm. just the physical damage he took from falling down from being knocked out could quite possibly be what led to his decline. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it is definitively Gabriel Gonzaga that ruined Krokop's career, but for the sake of uh, the podcast, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. For for the sake of an inflammatory speak on a podcast, yes, yeah. So uh sensational. Oh right. Yeah. He took the uh the number two or three, depending on uh who you think was better at the time between Nogara and Krokop, heavyweight in the world, yeah. and destroyed him. Yes. Um and he's really been writing that win for a long time since then. Um he uh, got, it's, it's his most notable victory. Oh absolutely. In his career. And he got a title shot after that and other people have gotten title shots. For beating him since then, Shane Carwin and Junior Dos Santos both set themselves up for a title shot because they beat him. Um, so you know, like he's up there, but he's you know he's lost and he really hasn't done anything impressive. He's got some wins, but they're all kind of like you know who are you kind of wins. Right. I mean, he's got his most recent fight was the loss to Junior Dos Santos. Before that, he had a win over Chris Tuxerer, who um, not not a. You know, no offense, not a notable big name heavyweight. The loss to Shane Carwin, and even that yeah. Chris guy, he kicked him in the dick, like shortly before the fight was finished, and uh, there was like no rest period or something. I remember there was a little bit of controversy over that. Mm. Like maybe there was like a, a minute rest, but then they had to like fight right away, and then it, he he finished it up. I don't remember because it was a while ago. Yeah, I mean, that was, UFC 102. Yeah, that was like a year ago. But I remember there being some sort of uh, genital foot controversy that related to Gonzaga winning. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But yeah. that might uh yeah, he, he just he hasn't been too impressive as of late. Brendan Schaub, on the other hand, may have gotten his head punched off by Roy Nelson. 
but he won his fight that he's had since then. I think he's only had one fight since then. Yeah, and off the top of my head, I don't remember who it is. Let's look it up. Who was it? It was also Chris Lacker, but he fought Chase Gromley since yep. then also. So, you know, he's coming off a couple of TKO wins. Um, but, you know, he's he's a guy that people are going to be familiar with from The Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. And as much as Gonzaga had that one big win, um, does Ultimate Fighter fame get you more than just, you know, one big win? He was a runner-up. He got some good knockouts. He's got some good power. I could see how he may be the favorite just based on fame and uh, momentum. Yeah, and and I mean the one thing I point out, I mean I, th- I th- yeah I think the UFC definitely put this fight together with the idea that we're like, hey, Brendan Schaub can you know a good test for Brendan Schaub, and should he beat him, you know he's kind of like on that next in that next level in the heavyweight division, you know, kind of grooming him towards you know towards the top. Who knows? But uh, you know the, the thing I would say that really sticks out here is obviously the level of ex- experience. And, you know, even though um... it is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, Gonzaga's got, you know, uh, Quite quite a few losses in his in his recent fights. Uh, they've all been against top level opponents. Uh, whereas you know, uh, Brendan Schaub's uh, resume is much much more more thin. Uh, you know, he, his best opponent has been Roy Nelson. You know, he, he lost to him. But other than that, it's you know they both have the Chris Tuxer win on their record. But you know, it's just not he doesn't. And again, I think it's just a time and development thing. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean he he's shown he does have good power, and I don't think uh, you know. I guess Gonzaga does have the capability to knock people out, uh, ask Crow Cop. But, uh, you know, I, I, I do think Schaub has the advantage on the feet here. And, um, you know, I, I could see him taking this fight, but I think it's, you know, Gonzaga's definitely a guy who can give him, give him a lot of trouble. Yeah, well, this is kind of, uh, I think, got a lot of the same hype that uh, the Junior Dos Santos fight against Gonzaga had, where it's like, well... Gonzaga's more well-rounded, but, you know, Brendan Schaub may be better at that one thing. So right. how good can he fend off the takedown, and how good will his stand-up be when he's worried about that takedown? Because there's nothing yeah. that's going to leave you open for a punch like being ready to sprawl. Right. Um, I mean, that's why uh, Gonzaga was able to kick Krokop in the head. It was not because he was a better kickboxer, but because, you know... Krokop was so worried about the ground game that yeah. he was not ready for something like that. Yeah, um, but I think it should be a good fight as long as we don't get a repeat of the uh, the Gonzaga-Kevin Jordan fight. Well, that's probably not going to happen, and Gonzaga had a pretty legit excuse for that. Like, his daughter just died or something. What? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Way to make him feel bad. I watched it on DVD afterwards, man. I just remember it was a really, really, really boring fight until 20 seconds before the fight ended, and then he was like, oh, Superman punch. Yeah, yeah, there was a real sad story to that, oh, you jerk. Sorry. There are people <laughs> escaping mines in Chile. They're out already, actually. Huh? And it's, <laughs> it's a very rare exception. All right, well, that was a good room killer. Sorry about that. Sorry, sorry, I just wanted to say something, anything. Yeah. Hey, Matt, your boy is fighting. Tom Lawler. Yay! 
Patrick Cote. Oh, uh, that's gonna be a that's gonna be an ugly Lawler. fight. In a good Lawler. Way. In a good way. Yeah, I'm interested to see how Lawler comes out. Uh, what he'll be wearing, what kind of facial hair he'll be sporting, perhaps. Yeah. Where the where's this fight taking place? California. California. It's not actually. <laughs> That'd be cool if it was though. Yeah, Tom thought, Lawler at your mom's house. UFC 121 live at Tobin's and, mom's house. I would, in a, in a dress. <laughs> I, I would have to pay pay per view for that at least. You know. <laughs> have the best seat you're in the house. You know. Comfy couch. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, don't you talk about my mom? Blah blah blah. Outrage. How dare you, sir? <laughs> yeah, that should be Whatever. interesting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was busy torpedoing Matt's joke. About this. So you, you, you're in uh, Tom Lawler's corner for this over, over Patrick Cote, Absolutely. Matt? Yeah. What if Tom Lawler came out dressed up as Patrick Cote? Holy crap. That hadn't even occurred to me. That would be kind of hilarious. <laughs> that would be kind of hilarious, it would wouldn't be. it? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Patrick Cote, I mean, he's kind of obviously hasn't been the same since uh, losing to the Bud Light logo in his, uh, in his Anderson Silva <laughs> fight. Well, you know, it's hard to say that. He's only had one fight since then, and that was against Alan Belcher, who has been on a tear. Yeah. Uh, seems to be sidelined and maybe never fighting again. But, you know, for a while there, he was uh, really building up a lot of momentum. And, uh, you know, he fights a guy who's been on a year-and-a-half layoff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what do you expect but a power bomb to the face followed by a choke? Yeah, so I, th- I think that's the important thing to know. You mentioned the layoff, and that was, you know, like he had the – Cote had the loss to Anderson Silva back in uh, October of 2008 and then, you know, just fought earlier this year for the first time. That said um, – But he, uh, he, he likes – he punches hard. He likes to stand. And he stand he does in like there, to man. stand and bang. Um, I think Cote has had a really interesting UFC career because you know going into the Anderson Silva fight, he had rattled off something like four or five straight wins since being on the Ultimate Fighter season four. That said, Ultimate Fighter season four was the comeback season, and his UFC record before that was like zero and three. Um, he had a really terrible start in the UFC. He came in as a last-minute replacement for Guy Mesger to fight Tito Ortiz. Yep. And granted, that was a weight class up against a high-level opponent. But then he went down a weight class and lost a couple more fights. Yeah. I think got kicked out of the UFC after that. Yeah, uh, lost Joe Dirksen, Chris Lieben, uh, and then was out after that. Uh, came back for the the uh, Ultimate Fighter 4, where he lost to uh, Travis Luter. Um but then, yeah, he, he rattled off a huge win streak there. Yeah. yeah five uh, wins? Six wins? Yeah. Five. Like, let's see, five five wins there uh, before the Anderson Silva fight. You know, wins over Scott Smith, Jason Day, Kendall Grove, Drew McFedries, and Ricardo Almeida. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of those are pretty good wins. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I think he's favorite. He, he should be favored this fight. I think he's got a pretty good shot to win, especially because Tom Waller comes out really strong and then fades fast. Yeah. Um... Uh, he had that one fight, not his last fight where he fought Dirksen and lost, but the one before that, Aaron Simpson. Mm-hmm. Um, he was winning that fight early on and ended up, you know, getting taken down a bunch, which, you know, he was supposed to be the uh, the superior wrestler in that, I thought. But uh, he, he got out-grappled and ended up losing the decision. And that's kind of been... Uh, a theme for his last few fights is, you know, he he wins early on but then loses. Um, Cote seems to be able to at least, you know, have some good cardio. 
So, you know, it, it's hard to say what will happen that way. He might have a, a late finish, but, you know, uh, Lawler seems to have a good chin. Aaron Simpson punches hard, and, uh, you know, Lawler was able to withstand that. He actually got the better of Aaron Simpson standing up, which was not expected by most people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would lean towards Cote because it's a three-round fight, not a two-round fight. Um, if it was a two-rounder, I think I'd go with... with uh, uh, Lawler. Lawler. Yeah, maybe he needs to start his own promotion. Yeah. Or he could just stay on the Ultimate Fighter and avoid Ryan Bader. Because that doesn't work out for him very well either. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think I think Cote will probably take this one. It's, as much as I hate to say it, because I really do like Tom Lawler. He's, he, he's got quite hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I was following him on Twitter for a while. Uh, I kind of stopped that because uh, he's more entertaining in the ring than he is on Twitter. But, um, yeah, he's pretty entertaining in the Nobody's ring. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. I mean, anyone who's willing to come out to Who Let the Dogs Out by the Baja Men. <laughs> and, yes, I did have to clarify what song uh, I was talking about yeah. there. Because there's a lot of songs called Who Let the Dogs Out. Uh, but anyone who's willing to do that, I think he came out to Pink ones also. Really? That's my boy. Good for him. <laughs> so, uh, Ultimate Fighter season, last season winner. 11. Court McGee. Against Ryan Jensen. Yeah. This is his first fight since winning, correct? I believe so, yeah. Now, Ryan Jensen, he was a WEC guy, right? Or am I thinking of somebody completely different? Uh, the internet says he was not in the WEC. Okay, I'm just talking out of my ass. Then, yeah, huh? uh, IFC <laughs> and UFC, primarily, it looks like. Okay, I don't know what I'm talking about. That's all right. At least you kind of had an idea. I mean, you, you I had no idea who Ryan Jensen was. <laughs> yeah. so. well, apparently, I don't either. Hopefully, McGee doesn't win or lose and relapse. You know, that's all I'm, that's all I'm hoping for. <laughs> yeah, just stay off the horse, bro. <laughs> when, when, once you have such a powerful personal story, it doesn't really matter what you do inside the ring. Just don't go back to drugs. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> if he wins, you know, he'll have the microphone. He's like, when I was vomiting from too much junk in the street. I never dreamed of this day. Or if he loses, you know, when I was vomiting in the street and the needle was hanging out of my arm, that was the lowest point. This is just another step in my recovery. <laughs> so I, I think I'm saying do drugs, kids. You're like, <laughs> I'm not sure what your message is, man. So uh, are you picking Court McGee to win or lose? Or, or yes, just I'm not... picking Court McGee. Okay. I don't think you can bet on him not to relapse. Like, that's not uh, in the fight line. <laughs> it's Vegas, man. You can bet on anything there. But, yeah, uh, he's coming off the rear naked choke submission win over Chris McRae back in uh, June. Yeah. So. The, the Ultimate Fighter 11 finale. Yeah, I'm going to pick him. He's got a, a sweet beard, and Ryan Jensen does not. This is true. And uh, he's got a sweet story. Ryan Jensen does not. And I don't think Ryan Jensen even has a nickname. Let's see. Mm. Yeah, no, not no according nickname. to Sure Dog's uh, Fight Finder. And uh, according to Sure Dog's Fight Finder, uh, Court McGee is the Crusher. The Crusher. Which is not the greatest nickname ever, but it's better than no nickname. Yeah. But uh, Jensen is coming off the win over uh, Jesse Forbes uh, back in May. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a decent win, but nothing too super impressive. But also, one thing you got to factor in is uh, the Ultimate Fighter winners aren't usually set up for failure right off the bat. Um, I've I I can't recall any Ultimate Fighter winner that lost his first fight after getting out of the house. Um, yeah, I guess other than Travis Luter, but he fought Anderson Silva, so <laughs> that is that's a little different. But um, 
the, the UFC doesn't usually set them up to lose. They set them up against guys who are, you know, good, but aren't, aren't, you know, necessarily the best style matchup to beat their guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Joe Silva may have made this fight with that in mind, uh, that he wants Court McGee to maybe get a win or two under his belt before they get, you know, thrown in the deep waters. Yep. So I would expect Court McGee to win this fight. Agreed. Um, I think that about does it for uh, all the uh, the big name fights uh, and the main card. And are they doing the uh, are they doing the uh, live prelims on Spike? Do you you know? know, I don't know, but I see some names in that undercard. Yeah, Gilbert Ivol taking on uh, John Madsen, really? uh, another tough alum there. But I mean, Gil- Gilbert mm-hmm. Ivol, you know, he's he's exciting to watch. But yeah, he, Greg's he, favorite. Yeah, you know? I'm going to go with John Madsen by being the better wrestler and being not a bastard. <laughs> so I think he should come out with a win. I'm surprised Ivol is still in the UFC. He went 0 and 2. Right, but so I, I think I think it goes back to the exciting fight mentality. Like even if he's losing, he's putting on exciting fights. That's true. Yeah. He did go down really exciting against Junior Dos Santos. He, he went down swinging. Uh, that said, the Ben Rothwell fight left a bit to be desired, in my opinion. I mean, it was really exciting for, until they got tired. Oof. But yeah. they did get really tired in that fight. Yeah, when those heavy fight, heavyweights fight, fade, they fade fast. It's yeah, hard. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I kind of like Gilbert Rival in this fight, uh, just because I think John Madsen only has the wrestling. Um, That's true, but I think Ivo only has the kickboxing. Right. So, I, mean, a, I think they're both pretty one-dimensional. Style matchup for the ages there, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, when all when it's one-dimensional fighters, I typically go with the wrestler over the striker, just because, you know, the striker's got one or two shots before the wrestler gets him to the ground. So, you know, I always got that knockout power, yeah. but he better use it quick kind of deal. Um, and Madsen doesn't seem like the kind of guy who has any delusions about what kind of a fighter he is. Um, he's training with Brock Lesnar, so he's got good training. You know, he, he's part of a great camp, and um, he's not going to try and stand and bang in this mm. fight. You know, he's not going to be a fool. He's going to go in there and write out a decision maybe pound him out, maybe lock on a sub, but even that is probably pretty unlikely. Um, so I would think that he's going to be smart about it. And uh, other than getting caught with something pretty quickly, much like uh, <laughs> Chet Congo and Kane Velasquez, yeah. uh, if you know, if Ival's able to seal that deal. But other than that, I don't think he has much of a chance. One thing to note is... Uh, uh, Madsen almost beat Schaub in the Ultimate Fighter, hmm. um, but Schaub was grabbing the fence a lot and managed to block a lot of takedowns that way until Madsen tired out, huh. and uh, then Brandon knocked him out. But he was getting taken down a significant amount and, and blocked a lot of takedowns from some illegal fence grabbing. I uh, totally spaced out on that. The, the heavyweight season was just in general, so... It was pretty terrible. I blacked a lot of it out. Okay, so you're going uh, Madsen by decision, and I'm taking the Eiffel by uh, by knockout, sounds like. Matt, tiebreaker. I'm going to go Wild with... card, go. Wild card. I'm an oil man. Oh, boy. I will take it by flan, a fan parachute fan. <laughs> Crowd interference. All right. Very good. Fan parachute what, fan. What were you trying to say? <laughs> uh, no, never mind. We don't even bother. Uh, but, yes, uh, Spike TV will be airing two prelim fights at least. Uh, Court McGee, Ryan Jensen, and Patrick Cote, Tom Lawler. Which is, it's too bad Lawler, uh, it would help if he won, I guess. It's too bad Lawler's fights aren't on the main card, though, because you don't get to see his entrances. Oh, on the, on the sadness. 
and he he's he's had. That's pretty, the best part of his. Yeah, fight. that's yeah. really where it's at. Yeah, but um, who knows? Will, will they be stuff. airing the weigh-ins? Uh, yeah, those are usually on the those are usually on the pay-per-view like order or whatever. For us okay, because that's also usually pretty entertaining with Tom Lawler. Yeah. You know, come out with like some pink frilly stuff. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. But, Not yeah, quite but, up to Mayhem Miller's level, but <laughs> yeah. So, so I imagine, yeah, and in, in, in time, time allowing, I imagine we might see the uh, the Ivel Madsen fight as well. Yeah, there, there's one other uh, notable fight on the undercard in Sam Stout versus Paul Taylor. Yeah, those are some guys that uh, you know have had some main card exposure. Neither of them are, you know, upper-level guys, obviously, but it's surprising to see them on the undercard. And, I mean, not even close to being on the main card or on the spike card. They're just kind of at the bottom of the show. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, Sam Stout, you know, he had that pretty surprising win over Joe Lozon, then the, then the loss to Jeremy Stevens at uh, UFC 113. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of, you know, the uh, this is probably going to be one of the, the fan-favorite fights, I would imagine. Both these guys uh, have a pretty exciting style. Yeah. Uh, Paul Taylor, uh, you know, he's probably upset he wasn't on the uh, the UFC 120 card because I believe he's also British, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say yes. I'm pretty sure. He's from England. All right. Cool. Good enough. Yeah. Which is why I'm going to go with Sam Stout. Although I think he's Canadian, but that's closer to me, so I'll go with it. I'll be contrarian. I'll go for the red coat. My queen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we have the same queen. Or, you know, by we, I mean the Canadians. They have the same queen as as the, as the British. Yeah, she's at least on their money. I'm not really sure how that deal works out. Can the queen tell Canadians what to do? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I know what I would happen if the queen told the, me to do. The John Candy comedy Canadian bacon is is an American classic, though. Yes. If we can agree on nothing, well, if you can like get through the whole thing without falling asleep. Whoa, pretty whoa. boring if I remember. What's with your hostility? You know he died, right? Show some respect. <laughs> hey, if only he could have died twice. <laughs> A lot of people have died, Tobin. <laughs> what makes him so special? <laughs> no, he'll be missed. You know, <laughs> planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, yeah Uncle Buck. <laughs> Canadian bacon. <laughs> Canadian bacon. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, I like Paul Taylor in this fight, by the way. Whoa! <gasps> Suck at Canada, or whatever. <laughs> Wherever you are. Right on. Anything uh, else? Is that it? No, I think that's it. I'm out of, I'm tired. I'm out of things to talk about. I gotta go rage against the, the political system. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been a joy to have you here, then. Here at the audio <laughs> show. Hit MMATorch.com. Um, you know, follow us on Twitter. Audio choke at twitter.com. Also, audio choke at facebook.com. We love to start the conversation, have you be our friend, focus, etc., etc. Like every week. Hi, right, 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 right. I'm Tobin Shelby. And I'm Matt Collins. See you next week. Audio choke. Yeah, you're out. Well, you're out. Good one.